0: welcome to this week's episode of hashtag leadership what's on your mind remember we're a podcast to make you stop and think about your leadership journey and we're going to add value by bringing amazing guests with amazing stories and experts in their field so if you haven't already make sure you hit subscribe on the youtube channel and follow us on your podcast provider so today we are speaking to claire how are you doing claire
1: i'm okay thank you hi
0: good so I've invited Claire on. I met Claire as part of my Institute of Directors membership when I joined up initially, I think it was three and a half years ago now. And, and I've always had Claire on my list of people that I would love to host. So we've managed to get it sorted now. So um, without saying anything else, um, Claire, as I hit my 20 minute timer, um, if you could introduce yourself for the viewers who don't know who you are.
1: Sure. So my name's Claire Ebrey. I run a consultancy called On The Level uh, I've only been doing that since July. I was formerly the Northwest Regional Director for the Institute of Directors. And before that, I worked at the Co-op on Corporate Social Responsibility. And I feel that those are the kinds of things I want to talk to you about today.
0: Yeah, amazing. And, and I know you've got a wealth of knowledge and some great insights into some of the things you've done and some of the things you're doing that can really help our audience like think about what they're doing. So <laughs> we're obviously hashtag leadership what's on your mind. Um, Let's start with exactly that. What comes to your mind when you think of the word leadership?
1: It's such a strange one because the first thing that comes to my mind is this trope. Um, The thing that I don't think leadership is, is is the first thing that comes to my mind. So it's not what you imagine. Well, I think what you imagine is this sort of Superman character, uh, a tall man, a white man usually, a big shiny teeth, you know, uh, very brave, very confident, uh, you know, cleverer than everyone else, strong, powerful um, and somebody who's sort of able to bend the world to their will, if you like. And um, it's it's a funny one because when you translate that into business, which I I did a lot when I was at the Institute of Directors, um, it becomes a negative. So you see it through the press quite a lot. this, uh, This idea of a fat cat businessman or a tax avoiding billionaire, and, um, and, you know, there's this common sense or common discourse, I think, through the press that uh, businesses um, and business leaders in, in particular, uh, you know, they don't feel a, a, a sense of obligation to society. They don't, they don't see themselves as part of the community. And I've seen hundreds of examples of where that isn't the case. I talked about it a lot when I, when I was in that role at the IOD, you know, hundreds of Leaders who are absolutely passionate about making their businesses last, not just making it make money now, but making it last into the future. Um, about providing jobs to local people, you know, not just any old jobs, quality jobs. Uh, people like Timpsons who are, who are taking former prisoners and giving them quality jobs that they might not otherwise be able to get. Um, and businesses playing an active part in their communities as well, you know, and we've just gone through COVID. Well, we're still in the middle of COVID, but, but the last 18 months of it, I think, has really shown to me the role of business in the community in a way that I might not have particularly thought about before, and how important it is, um, you know, in our lives, you know, it's what kept the food on the table throughout, uh, throughout the pandemic, and I'm not trying to make any kind of political point about COVID at all, you know, there were lots of awful things about COVID but but there were there were positives as well in terms of being at home more spending more time you know with your family but the thing that I really missed was going into work going into bars and restaurants and seeing people and you know that noise and hubbub of of the city Um, and I guess what I'm saying is that I feel like the routine of everyday life is very reliant on businesses you know it is very very much part of our our community, um, and then you saw on top of that, um, business leaders doing things like supplementing their staff's income through furlough, um, you know, and, and even some of them re-engineering what they did with their businesses to tackle the pandemic itself, making hand sanitizer or, or, or what have you. And so, you zoom back to that idea of this Superman character, and you know, were they brave at that time? Was anybody very brave I just remember sitting in this house thinking God, oh, there's a lot a lot, a lot a lot to do is there <laughs> to miss people you know was anybody particularly clever or strong or you know confident I just remember there being loads and loads of uncertainty and everyone just trying to you know bugger through it really and and you know relying very much on each other um you know for support and help and, and things like that and the world definitely wasn't bending to anyone's will at at that time either you know very much we were bending to its will so i guess that idea of that traditional leadership trope i'm just i just think is 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 nonsense Um, so that brings you on to a different idea you know what does make a leader well somebody who you can follow first of all well what makes you be able to follow them um they have to be able to create a vision that you can get behind They have to mean it and be authentic about it. Um, They have to be able to bring people with them. Um, But not bring them with them sort of telling you what to do, but but be able to really empower people. And um, I guess be able to create a will um, and a drive uh, that's more than the sum of the parts. Um, And so I, I suppose the key point, I think, is you can't do all of that around profit on its own there has to be something more there has to be purpose that is beyond uh profit you know. yeah amazing
0: and you're right like the last two years you, you've definitely seen a a a uh, shift and a a bigger understanding of what leadership is required and, and a, a change and um, we've covered it in the podcast this year um or last year actually with the the uh, evolution of leadership from the industrial revolution we actually went back to the industrial revolution of factories like we're no longer in there and i think it's last two years have given us a shove a bit like using technology um mm. in our businesses it's been that that positive shove i think um so yeah amazing yeah awesome but you,
1: you look at that now stuart and you think that's a good thing because we've got some big challenges in the world you know we've got things like climate change we've got racism uh, all the isms actually we need to get Mm. fixed but you know we've still got young people whose futures are determined by the postcodes that they grew up in you know there are big challenges that we've got and i think there is a role for businesses and for leaders of all kinds to, to 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 follow you know to to do something about that i've got a quote here if you don't mind me uh, saying it to you it's actually a military chap um his name's chief David. Uh, chief david morrison from the australian army somebody yeah, might have, have told you this already but uh, the standard that you walk past is the standard that you accept and i think that 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 really puts leadership into sort of everybody's field if you like everybody can have a leadership role um but also you can't do everything so what can you tackle well i I remember making a, a speech for the Institute of Directors at one of our women's conferences and I dis- it described it as it's that thing in front of you that you can throw your net over. So you can't walk by it uh, like like this uh, military fellow said, you've got to sort of try and tackle it. But it's this thing that presents itself to you. Or if you can, you know, your net's only so big as a business leader or as a leader in the community or whatever, you know, it's probably a bit bigger because you've got suppliers, you've got staff, you've got, you know, people who listen to you as a famous person, your net's probably a bit bigger still. But you can only sort of tackle what you can tackle. But if you can align with other people and join all these we nets together, then you can actually make a much bigger difference as long as you can align and get pushing in the same direction. Uh, which again isn't a political thing with a capital P, yeah. anyway, but it is a it is a small P thing, and I think that perhaps that's you know where I'm going with this is um, leadership's more about the joining and the connecting than it is about being at the forefront and leading yeah. the charge.
0: Yourself, amazing! I love that. I love that. I, everybody comes up with such um, creativity when you talk about everybody's perception and everybody's thought about leadership, even though we have got definitions out there quotes that there's not just one is there and I love hearing that so thank you so much for sharing that and staying with you personally now like let's look at your journey so where where do you think your leadership journey started whether it's on reflection whether it was a light bulb moment at the time how far are we going back
1: yeah it's it's a it's quite a new question for me to be asked to be honest I don't really see myself as a leader it's when I get asked by fine people like yourself to come onto things like this that I think oh I must be <laughs> um but yeah I mean I've got some things from a long time ago that I would sort of uh like to, to tell you about and then you know a few things that you know a bit nearer so there it's a little bit conflicting as a as a story but uh you know there, there's something in it so I watched a couple of your other uh, podcasts and I saw that people were talking about things like the, the Cubs and joining the Girl Guides and things like that. And I didn't do any of those things, but I was really into sport and I was particularly into football. I loved, absolutely loved playing football as, as a as a child. And, um, you know, football something, you can't do it on your own. It doesn't matter how hard you work. it's a, It's a team sport. You can't, you know... Uh, be successful in football on your own um, and it's something so that's the first thing the team again you know the collective the, the, the being more than the sum of the parts I guess is uh, you know related to, to what I've just said um, it's something that I worked extremely hard at so there's a hard working element you will improve you would be better at everything be able to see how how people align and that kind of thing but the other thing is that I was a little girl in the in the 80s you couldn't actually play football in the 80s. You, you weren't allowed to play for a team. You weren't even allowed to train for a, for a boys, with a boys team, even yeah. and then not play at the weekend. So <laughs> I was actually better than lots of boys. You know, uh, girls and boys are actually physically very similar at, at those kinds of ages. And I, yeah. I was actually, you know, better better player than some of the boys, but I wasn't allowed to play. And I guess that, that showed me that um, sometimes it doesn't really matter how hard you work if there are structural barriers in place you will be thwarted um regardless of them and there weren't enough people at that time I don't think trying to knock those structural barriers down you know (laughs) I was sort of going in and mithering and being that annoying child who would try and um you know get something that that they didn't do like a girls football team at school and I set up our own little team and we actually did try and take on boys teams as well and we had a couple of games but just you know that was hard and I I think you know sometimes you hear people talk about sexism, misogyny, racism, things like that now and some people say I've never seen it, I've never heard of it but I think you see it all the time you know I could see it from a very young age just in that one example. Um, And then I guess the other sort of big thing that uh, I went through a, a, you know as a young person was when I was around 15 I uh, started to have the traumatic realization that I was gay. Um, it's not something that I've actually spoken about a great deal on uh, things like this although I am extremely out. Um, it's an experience that if you've not been through it it's quite hard to imagine you know the, the sort of the self-doubt that comes with it, the confusion the fear of rejection I think as an adult it it feels a bit like imposter syndrome but as a young person sort of going through it it's it's something very different you know you feel a real lack of control in your own future um, and you feel very different to other people and that puts you on the outside as well and that whole experience is is something that's quite um, unique but something that you can learn a lot from as well. So I run an LGBT directors network now. I've got this fab friend called uh, Matt Howarth, who I met through the IOD. He, he runs uh, a, a few businesses. And uh, next week we're speaking to Sharon Davis, who's uh, the chief executive of Young Enterprise. So when I've been speaking to her a lot, she, she actually thinks that this experience as a young person coming out, uh, you know, coming out for the 5 million times that you have to do that over your life, but, but particularly when you're a, a young person, um th- th- that's actually something that you learn a lot from mm-hmm. in terms of leadership skills. and it's things like how to read a room, how to know who to trust, or uh, you know having difficult conversations, managing stress. Um, that whole fixed mindset versus uh, growth mindset thing, I think is yeah, is, you know, it comes to the fore at that time as well. Uh, and independence. And I think you know, if you can weather that storm, you take a, quite a lot of learnings with you um so yeah, i
0: love it's, that because it, it builds those i, I always love the people sharing their early foundations of development as a person because you can tell because obviously i know quite a few of the people i host on here and i'm always sometimes surprised but not surprised at some of the things they share because you can so tell in there if i know them personally where that comes from and I've maybe not seen heard the detail before and mm-hmm. um, because you're right it, it builds especially that young age so many things that and we've had people reflect live on the podcast and go actually I've not thought about that link to who I am today about how I lead my business and how I communicate because of what I experienced when I was younger so it, it, it's it's really good having that self-reflection piece isn't it and seeing it as a, as a big positive
1: as well yeah and it is a positive i mean i've had a great life you know that was a few years sort of 15 to to 19 or something like that but i met i met my my girl at at university we we got married in 2014 which was the first year we were allowed to get together you know i've had a lovely life but but i think that going through that experience does teach you um you know some some things that that you probably take with you um and probably i think again helps me to sort of perceive unfairness when, when I see it in structural things like structural racism which of course I haven't gone through myself I, I feel like I can understand it to, to at least an extent because um, because I've seen it in in other formats you know through sexism and homophobia and, and those kinds of things um, yeah so my sort of story my career story I went to university in Manchester so I, I went to a Catholic comprehensive school in Coventry and then went to university in Manchester absolutely fell in love with Manchester as a city you know um so I feel like I made it my city but probably really it made me it's uh it's whatever woman (laughs) (laughs) because uh, (laughs) uh, it's just such a brilliant place and you know when I came out of university in Manchester I, I was a different person in terms of confidence and things like that and I my first job was at a marketing agency so very comms focused a, a great agency called creative concern that's still uh, going in manchester but it was very small at that time so i got quite a lot of responsibility quickly and and i think that teaches you uh leadership skills even if you're not in a leadership role and then i went on to work for the co-op uh, group and obviously the co-op has a very strong history of ethics and sustainability and it's values and and the culture there were very different I would say to other other uh, organizations so one of the stories that I heard very early on was actually a leadership story I don't know if you if we've got time Stuart for me to tell we've you We've got three and
0: a half minutes left
1: the whole thing <laughs>
0: yeah three and a <laughs> half minutes you can do this I, I trust you
1: <laughs> okay so the Rochdale pioneers started the co-op movement in response to um uh, you know oppression at the time uh, people were chopping up chalk putting it in the flour chopping up leaves putting it in the tea people were being oppressed and uh, 28 men got together in Rochdale working men you know not leadership roles they're working in mills and they, um, they, they set up the foundations of the first ever co-op shop the structures and millions of people are now members of the co-op movement all across the world but it was 28 men with no particular power little bits of money no particular power who did that and I think they sort of changed the world around them and it's a great story for me of this idea of throwing your net over the thing that that you can really make a difference on by coming together
0: amazing I did not know that
1: I'm (laughs) going to do
0: some more research on that I'd love that that's a great story
1: Uh, i made Um, a film on it in 2012 i made a film it was my it was my idea to make a film about the rochdale pioneers and it was available on film Four. young a a co-op of young people made it at the time and and yeah half a million people saw it and again
0: talking about like coming together for we talked just before we came on here about having a shared vision purpose like what can happen when those people come together regardless of what level of experience or what a role is in a corporate role etc and just the power of people i think we'll put that into the category of um amazing so like i said we've got two or three minutes left i'd love for you to just offer some sort of insights into what you think's helped you in your career as in obviously our audience wanting to level up their leadership journeys what have you seen Because especially the reason i wanted you on because you'd had that exposure through the iod from so many different um businesses, your own personal skill set and story. What sort of things stand out to you regards to leveling up somebody's leadership journey?
1: Yeah. I mean, what I would say is I, I never saw myself as a leader at all till I got into that IOD role. And then I felt that it was sort of pushed at me really rather than something that I that I especially wanted. So I had been on boards, I'd, I'd been a director of Uh, the film academy with young people that I just mentioned, I'd I'd been a director of a couple of other things. I didn't particularly see that role, those roles as leadership roles. When I joined the IOD, my uh, LinkedIn suddenly went crazy. And my personal profile, I felt, was very much linked to uh, the success that I was going to make of that role. You know, I had to sort of raise the profile of both. Um, and the very first event that I spoke at, because I did loads of public speaking in that role, you know, massive room, 400 people and things like that. The very first one I spoke at, was about 50 people in a room and thank God there was a lectern Stuart because my <laughs> knee was shaking like this <laughs> under the lectern. Yeah. And uh, it was only like a minute speech I was introducing myself, you know, so I feel like, you know, yes, you can do the sort of Superman character and stand there and make your speeches, but you don't always expect people to feel like that on the inside um you know people people are still people and human beings and you know they lack confidence and they have that imposter syndrome and 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 all of those things but also put yourself forward and try to feel as confident as you can because um you know people do want to hear you they want to hear your voice they want you to do a good job as well so so they're not actually sitting there against you waiting for you to fail um i um I loved that that particular job um, at the IOD, but again, it was a sense of there was a ready-made community there. How do we um, galvanise and bring people together? So I don't know if this was a leadership vision of mine, but to me, it was just something that was obvious. It had to be around purpose beyond the profit. Mm-hmm. So um, it was very much about big issues that were affecting not just business leaders but the northwest and the northwest itself galvanised people. because so People feel part of it. So. You know, tackling issues like the, the skills gap productivity you know the fact that we're losing our young people in droves to the south you know how do we actually help support the north to be a better place to, to live and to work and and actually people did galvanize around that and they loved it and um, and so I feel like yeah if you can find the common thread uh, that will knit weird and wonderfully diverse people together then, then that's yeah. a really that's a really good thing. Amazing.
0: Take. Excellent. Claire, I said to you, didn't I, the 20 minutes goes quickly? Uh, that that has come to the end of 20 minutes. So um, thank you so much for your time. Um, guys, if you've enjoyed that, make sure you um let us know what your takeaways have been from this episode. And uh, remember, every Wednesday at 6 a.m., we've got an amazing guest coming your way to share their experience or their to share their expertise. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow us on your podcast provider. Um, Claire, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to put all your links and all the things you've spoken about today in the comments below so guys can go and um, and, and check you out, some of the things you are involved in. I know it's going to be amazing to follow what you do this year, and um, we'll stay in touch, and, and hopefully i see you again in person very soon. So um, thank you so- for your time. Thank you. And um, we'll see you all next week, guys. Take care. Bye. <laughs>